Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, welcome to the Junk Time AFL podcast, our first ever watch-along edition. We are coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain, and joining me is a man who is absolutely thrilled we are watching the final quarter of this absolute classic. Is he is Adam Rosenbachs. Yeah, g'day, Michael. I am genuinely looking forward to how this is going to turn out. We are uh, we're guinea-pigging our way through this. We have not uh, practiced this you have watched, so we're going to watch the 99 preliminary final, the yeah. last quarter. You have watched the last quarter. I have not, but I've seen this enough whenever it's on a marathon. I'll always make sure that I've, I've seen it. So I'm pretty across it. But, you know, there's going to be things. It was 21 years ago, you know. I've uh, killed a lot of brain cells in those <laughs> in those preceding uh, following years. So, you know, anything could happen. Would you say this is a game that you have watched the most out of all the Carlton wins over the journey? I probably would have watched the 95 grand final a lot, although that was kind of over at halftime. So this last quarter is probably one that you really tune into and possibly the second half of the 2013 elimination final when we were five goals down against the Tigers and then came from behind and won that one. Um, and have there been any games in the last <laughs> seven years that you've wanted to watch? Because <laughs> Carlson are rubbish. No, well, we beat GWS at uh, the at uh, fuck. What was it called then? I'm just gonna at, at the Docklands prior to Marvel. What was it? Before? Oh, Eddie had. We oh, that's right. Yeah, you had. had a tight win against them when they were, yeah when they were top, and you were yeah you were yeah. Well, I was going to say you were struggling. <laughs> <laughs> so that was probably one of the games you go, oh yeah, I'll watch that. And then obviously during the Teague train last year. Mm-hmm. I may have watched a few games a couple of times because there was light at the end of the tunnel, Michael, and now coronavirus has snuffed said light out. Yeah, fuck, man. Like, it's been a big week in football, hey? Um, uh, it has. We are going ke- to continue doing our pod as often as we can, you know, when news comes to hand, when we find out, yeah. uh, you know, how much weight Jordan Degoe has put on in the first couple of days, all those kind of things. We'll, 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 we will continue with that. And that'll come out, hopefully, you know, as normal on a Sunday night or a Monday. But this is our new watch-along series, and uh, we're starting in 99. Now, this is a game that uh, Carlton Essendon, you were at, and I wasn't. I was there, yeah. So I sat up on the top level, probably right near the back, actually. Uh, If you're watching TV, I reckon I would have been on the non-camera side, uh, top level on the half-forward flank on the left. Why were you on the Southern Stand side? That's a really good question, actually. I think I just maybe... I feel like I might have had an AFL membership back then. Oh, you've let that lapse, have you? I feel like I might have had an AFL membership. Or maybe I'd got in... Th- was I an MCC member back then? Oh, by the way, I'm an MCC member. Um, okay. I think... No, I actually think I would have been a member by then. Maybe I wanted... Maybe I kind of wanted out of the MCC to... Just see what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think maybe 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 it could have even been it was chock a block, and so I just went to kind of find a seat, you know, anywhere. Okay, okay. Now, now I wasn't there, and I'm trying to remember 
why now i was working i was part of the inaugural uh well not on air but uh triple m's coverage because triple m started covering uh football in 1997 yep so before that it was aw and abc mm. and did 3kz back in the day i reckon there would have been k-rock in geelong Oh, yeah, of course, and K-Rock. So Triple M were kind of the first major FM Melbourne market uh, uh, station to go into the, the footy market. And I was and a part of the... you know what they did, Adam? You know, I found really interesting, actually. What did they do? Uh, Triple M rocked football. Is that I, right? I, I don't know if you picked up on that. Triple M did rock <laughs> football. Well, it never rocked before that. Not even <laughs> K-Rock. They didn't even think to do it. Yeah, fucking hell. Well, yeah, they missed out on that. That PR guy got fired. Yeah, so... There were only a few of us because I was a panel operator. So I was back at the uh, the station and then the broadcast team would be out of the ground as it's done now. And so my job would be uh, to call up guests, to put callers to air, to tell them, you know, we've got uh, 30 seconds left on the ad break, all that kind of stuff. That they, I think in those days they couldn't see that out of the ground. So I would have to count them in. And in the first two or three years, there were only a couple of panel operators. So I have a feeling that I would have worked up until about midday or one o'clock and then been released and handed the shift over to the person who would have gone through till six o'clock. Because the reason I know that, that I was working there at the time, I missed out on going to the grand final because I had to work until half time of the 99 grand final. Oh, really? So you were yeah. in the Triple M, were they in South Melbourne at the time? Uh, no, they were in the St Kilda Road studios back then. And yep. so I um, asked around, sort of tried to find anyone who could swap so I could try and go to the game. And they were like, mate, no one can do this shift. We've had two panel operators. One's going to be doing the morning. You have to take over until half time. Yeah, gotcha. So it was a fucking uh, nightmare. And, so and that's, what that's why I don't think I was there. What was the likelihood of you going to the game? Uh, to, uh, going to the grand final itself? Yeah, I, re- I actually think it wasn't like... Like now I would just go, oh yeah, it's Triple M. Get me some tickets. I don't remember having that sort of feeling back then that I yep. could just go, we're part of the broadcast. Why aren't I there? Okay. So I would have just gone to watch it at a mate's place anyway. I don't think I had easy access as some of us may have. Uh, did you go to the grand final? I did, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been to everyone since 83. Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> uh, so my memory of this day was, uh, I reckon I was listening on the radio. Carlton were up by quite a bit at halftime. I had to go and do something down at Puckle Street in Mooney Ponds with mm-hmm. a mate. Mm-hmm. And it took about 45 minutes and we got back in the car and Essendon had booted either six or seven goals in the third quarter and Carton were down. And I was like, we're cooked here because we finished sixth or seventh. I, I can think. go through. I've got the notes here. I'll go through it all with you. Yeah. But, uh, oh, you're drinking out of a, a junk time stubby holder, mate. That's cool. Absolutely. Having a, having a brewski while I'm watching the footy. Don't you feel a little bit like we're a bit kind of the pioneers of podcasting right here by the fact that we're doing it all in isolation in different towns? Like, I've mm. had a few calls from mates going, oh, how do I record a podcast, you know, when I'm not in the same room as the person? I feel like we're kind of, we're, we're really, we're a bit like footy classified. We're setting the agenda. We are setting the agenda. I hope you don't give away our trade secrets. <laughs> Um, so not, so let me clarify again for 99, you were working, you then yes. did your, your, your very vague thing <laughs> you had to do in Puckle Street for 45 yep. minutes. You didn't yep, give a yep. great deal, <laughs> great deal of detail there. <laughs> and then Mate, you got if, in the if car. you've ever been down, if you've ever been down Puckle Street, you know, there's not a lot going on. So you had to listen to it on the radio. So you, you weren't near a TV? No, I probably, you know what? I probably had to go get some new uh, skater shoes down at Yogi's in uh, Puckle Street. Yogi's, fuck, that's a flashback, yeah. <laughs> but I'm actually a little bit wondering as well in 99, was it covered on TV? I, I, I feel like it would have been, but it wouldn't have been entirely certain before then. 
Okay, I am going to say no because I was back home and listened to the last quarter on Triple M because Triple M there we rocks go. football. There we go. And it certainly wasn't live to wear back then. So no, it yeah. wasn't live coverage. And I don't reckon it was into the market that it was in. I think you're so right there. Probably, yeah. probably in Adelaide or Perth, they could have watched it. And yep. at Brisbane and Sydney, they could have watched it. Uh, in December 99 at 2 in the morning on a Tuesday. Yeah, for sure. Because, I mean, when you think back then as well, like Brisbane, Sydney, a lot of the AFL get uh, get shown on like a 7 mate or something like that. So, obviously, that wasn't around back then. So No. I do remember going to, well, it was actually a funeral for a great aunt um, in 86, and we watched the Hawthorne Fitzroy prelim on live TV in Sydney on Channel 7, which I thought was pretty rare for then. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. During the funeral. <laughs> no, not quite. No, no, I think we're going for okay. a couple of days. Um, uh, we've got big announcements, Adam. Our Patreon. We've got a Patreon. Oh, yeah, we do. Actually, yeah, before we get to the game, we've got a Patreon. So basically, uh, Michael and I, we thought because there's no uh, footy to really talk about, we'd throw this in there and give you guys something to listen to because we love doing this show for you and we know you guys, uh, you know, we get a lot of great feedback and you guys have really come to the party when we've said what games should we watch. For and sure. We're really looking forward. Really good ones that have been uh, thrown our way. And a lot of games that you kind of go, oh, fuck, I forgot about that. And, and, I, and you know what I find really interesting? Like a lot of people are saying, you know, the, the 71 grand final, the 76 grand final, the 61 grand final, the 78 grand final, the 83 grand final, the 86 grand final, the 88, 89 grand final, 91 grand final, 08 grand final, 13, 14, 15 grand final. A lot of them have come from the burner Twitter accounts that I have made. Yeah, no, they're really good. But in the interim... Both of us are uh, pretty much destitute and we would love your support. So we set up a bit of a Patreon and we don't want to put stuff behind a paywall. We love doing this uh, for you guys. We love putting it out there. So we're not going to do an interview and say it's subscriber only. But if you can give us a dollar a month, $2 a month, there's even a $5 a month top level subscription. If you go to uh, patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod and you can look at the subscription there. We'll obviously tweet it out. It'll be on our Facebook. But we would love you to get behind us. Get around us is what we're asking you to do. Because our soft cap, fuck, it's shrinking. Holy shit, man. I mean, yeah, fuck. It's devastation at the clubs this week, hey? Everyone yeah. being laid off. Yeah, but we'll, we'll talk about more maybe on the Sunday pod. Um, yeah, so now, back to this game. I reckon I... So, I, no, Carlton got thumped by Brisbane. So, it was back in the old McIntyre system. Remember, it was first versus eighth? It's all in the notes, mate. But, yeah, go ahead. Well, first versus eighth, second versus seventh, and yeah. so on. And it was the higher loser was lucky to stay in back then. So, Carlton got smashed, but because we were a high loser and no teams below us won... Yep. We got to play a home game against maybe third or fourth place West Coast or something or six. West Coast were higher than us. We got to play at home the second week. Yeah, and we you look back it. at that system, you go, "What the fuck were they thinking?" Like it's a fucking nightmare. Like you could you could play a game on a on a Sunday afternoon and not yeah. not not know if you were out yet because yes, the Sunday yes. night game hadn't played. Yeah, and that system lasted all through the nineties as well. I actually I'm surprised it was still going this deep into the 90s. Yeah, I feel like... I thought we'd moved on quicker than that. I feel like 2000 might have been the first year where they did the old um, regular regular thing. But uh, yeah. uh, I think the former Final 8, I think, lasted from... I've got a feeling from maybe 94 to 99. No, I reckon earlier than that, because I reckon Geelong and St Kilda played that ripping game out at Waverley Park, and I have a feeling that was in 91. 
Yeah, 91 was still a final. Because I was, 90, I was, was at that one. That was still a final six, 91. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fucking question. Okay. No, sorry. <laughs> I do apologise. All right. So basically, I would have been working that week before and when Carlton beat West Coast, they went down to the rooms, they had the live microphone and I remember Glenn Manton saying something like, fuck Essendon, we can beat them because Essendon were way above us and finished top of the table and we were a lowly six and it was kind of like... Let's just brush aside Carlton and get to the grand final. Cool. Well, you've kind of shat on the fucking time I took to, to write notes about. <laughs> <laughs> but I go into it, okay? Okay. December 18, 1999, a day that will live in infamy. Prelim, Essendon v Carlton. So you're right. Essendon finished top with 18 wins, four losses. September September 18, mate. Yeah, what'd I say? December. You oh, sorry. Say, I leave you to do stuff and you can't even get that sorry, right. Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm talking about the 2020 season now. <laughs> Yeah, and you're right. The Blues had finished. They had 12 wins. They were six. They mm-hmm. had ten, 12 wins to uh, 10 losses. Yep. And I think we all were of the mindset that the Bombers were the best team of the year. Like, they were going to win it. Yes. That's fair uh, to yeah, say. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, where, where did Adelaide finish? Because they'd just come off back-to-backs. That's a good question. I've got a feeling they may not have made the eight that year. Okay. Yeah, right. Why not? You've won two in a row. You don't need to you know, have, a, have a rest. So the captain of the Carlton was Craig Bradley. The caretaker that- captain for Essendon was Michael Long. Is that right? So I was James Hurd didn't play this round. He only played about two games that year, I believe. He had a foot was, thing. Yes, and I like okay. Trump, here, he had a foot thing. Here, I would have been working that night when he did his foot, and they said, and this is Triple M putting a little bit of mayo on it, that they said as James Hurd after he because he had a nev- the 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 foot broken bone, the, the navicular bone, is that what it's called? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He did that, and as he jogged off the ground, they said he looked up to the Triple M box and gave Dermot Brereton a greasy because he had said that it's going to go. He, Dermy had written an article, I think, in 98, I think, or maybe okay. uh, 98, I think, because he only played about 10 games in 98, and right. it was something along the lines that the James Heard wasn't kind of earning his money or wasn't yes. giving back, yep. okay. something yeah, like so- that. So when he broke it very early on, he was he was upset and he looked up to the box and he just went, oh, damn, you fucking low dog. Um, and so at the time, though, that was considered maybe a career-ending um, injury. Like yes. There was a bit of a chat about whether he would actually come back. Um, but as we all know, he came back and everything was fine. It's <laughs> <laughs> so now chocolate it could, make go, it could go work on his tan. Uh, so emergency for Carlson, a young Brendan Favola. Is that right? In 99? A young Feb. So he played two games in 99. He had one handball in each game. Well, that's not great for a key forward. So Essendon were the uh, presumed challenges. Well, you know what? We were probably saving him for the Millennium game. I know. That, he kicked 12. Is that 12 in that one? Uh, 10 or 12, yeah. Uh, so here we go. So, yes, you're right. In the final system. So Essendon played Sydney, who were eighth in the first week, and they towed them mm-hmm. up pretty easily. You yep. played the Bears in, uh, well, they would have been the Lions by then. Uh, you got thumped by 73 points, uh, but you didn't get eliminated. And then, because of the clause in the MCG contract, they had to have That's one final. That's why we played them. Yeah, they had to gotcha. have one final at the MCG for each week of the finals. So you played the Eagles, even though the Eagles finished higher than you. So what I'm saying is, Carlton should never have been in this game in the first place. Mate, I completely agree. How fucking, could you imagine like, and the Eagles are a powerhouse too. And imagine how ropeable, because that happened to Brisbane in 2004. Yep, for the prelim. And they and they reckon that travel cost them in the grand final. Yep, yep. And that game, that 99 semi, would have been Mick Malthouse's final game with the Eagles. 
Oh, that is a good point. Well, it's good. Who, who would have thought that only 14 years out later we'd be reunited? <laughs> so, yeah, right about Glenn, uh, Glenn Manton as well. So, he got presented with like a little bit of a prize, I suppose, after the game, after the semi. Uh, for, by John Elliott? Yeah, for his 100th game. Oh, okay, so, he gave a bit of a speech and it was covered on radio. I remember hearing it on radio at the time, actually. Maybe I was at that game, at that semi. I'm not totally sure. I feel like I might yeah. have been. Um, and Glenn Manton said, and I quote, I hope we stick it up the fucking Bombers next week. There you go. Former Bombers, cast aside. Yeah. Uh, went, went to my high school. Really? Yeah. Uh, was a couple of years above me. Apparently he dominated in one game that, I, you know, kicked like 15 goals and a half or something. I can tell you a few people who went to my, my high school. Yeah. Who played uh, in this game? No, they're a multiple Catholic priests who are now in jail. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, this is a story from Glenn Manton. He said the next day I went to the local news agents to pick up a car magazine. Oh yeah, and a little street, old street machine. You reckon? What are you thinking? Uh, wheels? I reckon wheels. Yeah, yeah. Okay, wheels. Yeah, right. I re- uh, and a little old Italian lady came up to me and asked if I was mm. the young player who'd sworn on television the day before. I mm. said, "Look, I am," and I apologised. Before I could get another word out, she whacked me over the head with a paper and said, "Don't you ever say that word on television again." And I had to promise her I wouldn't. Oh, I would have told her to fuck right off. This is my favourite thing. So after Glenn Manton gave his speech, John Elliott decided to go a bit rogue. What? He addressed the crowd in the rooms and he said, Mm. We all know Essendon went over the salary cap in 93. They cheated to win the flag. Let's (laughs) stick it up for next week. I think we can all agree that's aged very well. (laughs) (laughs) Kevin Sheedy clapped back by saying, That's why you have a Labour Party. Oh, right. Because another big thing that day Mm -hmm. was the Victorian election. That's very true. The Victorian state election of 1999. Which Jeff Kennett was a huge favourite. Absolutely. In fact, in the coverage at the end of the game, the late great Drew Morfitt, the commentators were Drew Morfitt, Sandy Roberts and Gerard Healy. Drew Morfitt says at the end of the game after Carlton's win, the absolute bolter, maybe Labor can win today's election. And they went well, on to win go. it. The young Steve Brax came through with the help of three independents. And so the mighty Jeff Kennett uh, downfall, and he became known as a dude who would turn his jacket inside out after a Hawthorne win. Yeah, well, what a shame Kennett didn't go, you know what? That's, that's done me. Maybe I should just, t- with my tail between my legs, just fucking ride off into the sunset. But no, no, he had to go and fucking be at the front of Hawthorne, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he so definitely... Some s- Sums you fuckheads up. And I think it was the AGM or something when he got voted in. He said, look, I'm going to be in the background. You're not going to hear from here again. (laughs) (laughs) That's a genuine quote. So crowd of 80,519. So the Blues lead at quarter time by 16 points. They were 24 Mm -hmm. points up at half time. And then a seven goal third quarter from the Bombers. So they have taken an 11 point lead heading into the last. There you go. Aaron Hamill was reported for kneeing Dean Wallace in the head. So you think about Dean Wallace's day, okay? He was involved in, like, the high-profile tackle at the end. Oh, mate, you're spoiling it. Oh, you've ruined it for people. His team lost, and he got kneed in the head. Imagine being kneed in the head is the third worst thing that happened to you <laughs> that day. <laughs> on that day. So Aaron Hamill got two weeks, and he got off the suspension on appeal. And after the uh, marathon hearing, he said, I would like to thank the Carlton Football Club for all the stories we put together. <laughs> So here we go. Actually, I, I didn't know this, actually, Adam. You, I, I don't know if you know this either, but at mm. three-quarter time, Steve Silvani. Oh, Steve Silvani brought them all in once Parco had stopped talking to him. So he David did. Parkin was Carlton's coach uh, then, and Parco walked away and Silvani brought him in. And there were players who 
had been around for years. I think Brett Ratton might have said it was the most inspiring thing he's ever heard. Yep, yep, yep. Parkin himself has described it as the most emotional and appropriately timed inspirational talk I've ever heard a player deliver. Now, if you've ever heard Steve Silvani uh, com- uh, commentate, you'll be wondering where the fuck that came <laughs> from. Ah, <laughs> oh, mate, but when you're in the draft room with him, when he when he oh, that's true. when he goes two five seven five eight, let's get him. Yeah, oh, mate, yeah. the, the chill is down your spine. Yeah, yeah, hairs stand up at the back of my neck. Now a bit of a bit of a, a pump up for the archives. In episode uh, released in March twenty. 6-2016, we actually had Tim Harrington on the show. So Tim was a long-time player for Bulldogs, Collingwood, North Melbourne, and then also was a football manager at North Melbourne, assistant coach, and I think football manager at Melbourne. And he talked about he was at that game. He was at the prelim, uh, going part of the, as part of the North Melbourne you know, coaching team. Oh, yeah, scouting team, yeah. And he said on the pod about halfway through the last quarter, they were like, um, has anyone been taking notes on Carlton? Because they went to the game thinking, oh, we're going to play Essendon next week, so let's just focus on Essendon. And then they're like, oh, oh shit, wow. we've got to work that out. Yeah, okay. Famously, Essendon fans in various locations were also lining up to get grand final tickets on the Monday morning. Well, I grew up in Essendon. And there was a line of um, camping chairs outside Windy Hill Dude. that went pretty much the length of Napier Street up until uh, the first block. And you're just like, I, th- I actually, you know what? We would have driven past those on the I way. I feel like to you've got Puckle a story Street. where you yelled at them. Am I right? Called uh, out the yeah, window? that was yeah, that was after the game. Obviously, I, I would have seen them on my drive to Puckle Street and gone. Oh, fuck these idiots. Actually, I've got a feeling that story might involve you, your home, and then you decided to get in the car so you can go and yell at them. Would that be right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, that is right. <laughs> that is exactly right. So after the game, Kevin Sheedy made a point of not going crazy. He said he lost it after the 96 prelim when they lost by point. And he blamed James Hurd after that game. Oh, there we go. Yeah, well, actually, it is a bit of a thing because he actually praised Dean Wallace for taking a risk. That's right, he off his van. And he said, you know, it was a risk. I want you to take risks, but I, it didn't work out today. Yeah. The next week, the Essendon team went to the grand final and then after the game... Oh, what? Can you imagine? They went to the game and then they went to a dinner at the Jollymont uh, Hilton at the time. Now the oh, Pullman. Yeah. Yep. And they said the day after their 2000 season began and they began training individually and together, and they went on to win the 2000 Premiership and losing only one game for a year. Mate, that is brutal to be made to go along and watch that. Yeah, yeah. Now, the only the only kind of really good thing I kind of get out of this whole, you know, thing of notes is that Carlton the next week went on to lose the grand final by 35 points. So, sweet. Join in the chorus and sing it like one that. and all. John in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Okay. All right, let's get this watch along happening. So we're going to have a link up on our Twitter and our Facebook, and also if you Google Junk Time AFL Podcast and Acast, A-C-A-S-T, you'll be able to find the the playlist of episodes there, so you can just find the link. Uh, if you go to the link, you go to one hour, 45 minutes, and 30 seconds. We're going to do a three, two, one, play. Press play. We're going to watch it play together. And uh, through the magic of technology, we can all watch this fucking amazing quarter of football one more time. Okay, one hour, 45 minutes, 30 seconds. Ready to go. Three, two, one, play. All righty, here we go. Now, check out this, man. This is fucking really weird, I reckon. Yeah, Watching the Ruckman have as big a run-up as they actually have. 
Look at them. Oh, because they have to stay in the yeah. yeah, They're at least, they're, what do you say, but 15 metres. metres away? Yeah. Yeah. They're half the square and get, apart. And didn't they stop that in about 2000 because of all the PCL, MCL injuries where they would clash knees? I think it was part of that, yeah. And I think they also, a few clubs had the, the rubber um, thing in the middle. Adelaide had that. Yeah, Sean Wren did his knee at Football Park, or and Waverley did too. Waverley had it too. Bit, yeah, yeah. I think it was anywhere that didn't have a cricket pitch. Basically, yeah. it wasn't hard enough. Well, see, that's the other thing. Interestingly, when you watch this game back, is the size of the MCG square. That's basically a pile of mud. Oh, it's actually pretty solid here. Yeah. But before the drop-in pitches, when the middle of the ground would go to shit. Yeah. After a. Uh, season of football for sure man and I reckon we, when we do a few of these watch alongs and we watch some of the older ones like you watch oh fuck you watch like even that um 89 state of origin um Victoria yeah. and South Australia and you go oh my god it's a nightmare remember when like parts of Waverley were just like wasn't Luke O'Sullivan did his knee parts of yes, Waverley just did. come out from under your feet and then he sued them uh quite heavily did he get a good payout do you remember uh I don't remember but he owned a nightclub so it mustn't have been too bad <laughs> I love that. That's his sign of wealth. <laughs> How many <laughs> yeah, nightclubs exactly. do you own? I don't. Know, I might have mentioned this on the pod before, but I met a bloke years ago. who was a, a kind of lawyer who would deal with small-time drug dealers, and you know nothing, you yeah. know, ridiculous. Um, but he. He said he could always tell how guilty they were by how many jet skis they'd owned. <laughs> That's great. Now, just uh, first, pour, uh, we're a minute and a bit in, and Essendon kicked the first goal. So yes. they've they've been on an absolute roll. So uh, you would imagine at this point, with 19 minutes to go, that they would be going, we're home. We are, yeah. And I reckon that was part of the reason why Aaron Hamill need Dean Wallace. When you look at the footage, and I can put the link up for you when we do our socials, but... um. Is that during the third quarter that he did that? Yeah, yeah. And Essendon were coming. They might have been ahead by then. But you got the feeling at the time, like, it's over, you know. And Aaron, yeah. Aaron's probably thinking, I'm not going to be playing next week. Yeah. And so he kind of... The knee... Uh, when I watched it back on the footage, it's not as bad as I pictured it in my mind being at the game. Yep. But it was still a knee in the head. Um, yeah, okay. Quite he, interestingly, the advertising at the time, we've got Ansett, if you remember, was a, uh, a little airline that kind of would have been in its last couple of years, I would have thought. Yeah, I think, dude, if we can watch the 2020 round one and look back in five years ago, oh, there's a few other airlines that aren't around as well. <laughs> That's a good point. And also, there's the, uh, the, the smoke-free, which would have been, and I reckon you could have still smoked at the MCG at this stage. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Yeah. But it was just like a push to go, hey, why doesn't everyone stop darting? Let's mm-hmm. fucking, we think it could be bad in the next 20 years. Check just out this, man. Dean, Dean Rice got pin, gets pinned for holding the ball here, right? Yeah. Now, they're going to replay it. But I think he's pretty fucking stiff. I think it's long he's going to have a shot. But he, he gets the ball. Here we go. He gets the ball. He dived on it, yeah. But he, he tried to handball it and actually kind of connected and then gets landed oh. on. No, you know what? I reckon that's holding the ball. Do you? Sheesh. Yeah. I reckon he tried to do everything he could to get rid of it. Yeah, but he didn't. And that's the thing. He, <laughs> you know, he didn't get rid of the ball. Um, Long he's looking around, he wants to pass off, I think. He does. Now, the one thing that uh, is interesting as well is the, the scores aren't on the, on the screen the whole time. Dude. Which is, again, something that you find just fascinatingly unbelievable that it didn't exist back then. And nor the time. We'll look later on in the game and you'll find, like, with about two minutes left, the clock isn't on the screen. And you're going, how the fuck are we meant to know, you know, what, what we're at? Well, yeah, I guess no one would have known back then, would they? Which, which I kind of, you know, as as being in the crowd and watching at home was always great when you had no idea. You yeah, know, for Channel sure. Ten, 
Channel 10 had the five-minute warning when yep, yep. you'd be like, oh, it's five minutes to go. And then the only way you could kind of work it out now is when the security guards would start to ring the ground. Yeah, I think they get around about five minutes as well, yeah. yeah. Um, I actually realised last year I went to a Hawthorne-Melbourne game and it was a tight game. I think maybe we lost by about a goal. Yep. And I messaged a friend who was watching it on TV and just said, you know, how much time is left. And then I realised if you got your Foxtel app in your phone, you can just pull it out and watch the and see how much time's left. And I was like, oh, oh there you go. There I was the whole time, kind of thinking, oh, how much time? How much time? And I've got the I've got the time in my pocket. Yeah, always do, mate. Now Carlton's just kicked the goal. The great Fraser Brown, the junkyard dog, who would uh, be um, pretty cover happy himself <laughs> in glory. Would cover himself in glory a little bit later on. Am I right that he is quite wealthy now? Yes, very exceptionally wealthy, yes. What kind of line of work is he in? I think he's in... Does he do a few jobs the, down near Puckle Street? I think... <laughs> like I, and I don't, I don't mean this in a, in a mafia way, but I think he's in waste management. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. What? So, like, rubbish collecting I think and rubbish stuff. collection and stuff. I believe so. Huh. When's the last time you had, a, had yourself a Foster's Light Ice, Michael? Oh, my God. Have I ever? Yeah. That was uh, one one beer that kind of dropped off. You remember? I think I reckon it was mid nineties. That uh, the diamond bitter. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember? So the... that was their first foray into a low calorie beer. That's okay. what diamond was. So you didn't get fat. Do you remember the uh, Carlton Cold? Oh, mate, it was uh, that was our answer to Miller. Yeah, and then I think there was a period uh, now, where. Just, can I just pause you there? This is uh, Anthony Kudafidi's first contested mark, and he went on a fucking rampage in this last quarter. Yeah, so 10 disposals, three contested marks, six marks overall, two clearances, two goals. I think in um, super coach terms, I think he had like about a 180-point quarter. Mm, yep. Can you clarify that for the people who don't do super coach? Uh, it's a huge score. Like to get maybe 45, 50 points in a quarter is enormous. But because he took so many contested possessions, kicked a few goals, all those marks, he just um, was very dominant. He was unbelievable. This is that period of Cuda over three years where unbelievably he didn't win a Brownlow. Yeah, sure. But he banked that now, bank so he could uh, then open up the Sablaki Hut franchise. <laughs> exactly. He made, did well out of it. So back to Miller Genuine Draft. We used to go to, I remember the first time it was available. Um, we were at the Grand Hotel in Essendon. Yep, yep. And it was like, we were so cool because we were drinking Miller. Do you remember Miller? The American beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, was, that wasn't always available, you know, because international beers weren't around. Back no, then. they weren't. They weren't. I remember I worked in a bottle shop around about this time, actually. Oh, no, uh, a little bit, of, little bit before. I remember going to the 97 prelim and getting to about three-quarter time and being like, oh, jeez, I've got to go to the, uh, I got to go to work. I had to work at, you yeah. know, 5.30, 6 or whatever. And I was like, oh, jeez, but it's getting tight. And then, like, halfway through last quarter, I'm like, I'm just going to be late. I'm going to be late. <laughs> <laughs> Dean Rice has a big quarter in this, um, in this last term. He has a really big quarter. Yeah, he, he was actually not a bad player, Dean Rice. He, I think, you know what, well, Carlton had a lot of those sort of uh, mid-range utilities who stood up on the day. Yeah, gotcha. It was quite a few. Came from Matthew St. Hogg, who just took a mark, um, did quite well as well. Dean Rice came from St Kilda. There's Dimmer. Yes, I the think top. so. Yeah, and then Matthew the Skinny Lappin, who was a fucking great pickup from St Kilda. Yeah, they yeah. Just, just kicked a goal and put Carlton in front for the first time since... Uh, Late in the uh, second quarter, half time. Look at those dudes going mental. 
And the crowd, yeah. The lapping fans. it up. Yeah. Lapping it up. Would you go to a football game with a sign saying lapping it up? I don't believe I'd ever go. Have you ever taken a sign to no. a football game? No. Have I, you ever painted your face? Oh, fuck no. Fuck no. Yeah. Uh, I remember picking up a friend of my. <laughs> no, that's about sad, bad. But my 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 sister brought a friend to a game, years mm. and years ago, like you know, end of eighties, and and we went to pick her up uh, with dad and mum and my brother and stuff, and um, they, they she walked out of the house with a flag, and my dad just went, she has a flag. <laughs> 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 But no, so but also the idea of like, no, never had a flag, no. Okay. Another, another disposal from rice. But also the idea of like the mindset of like, you know, I'm going to go to the game with an inspirational message. Uh, I'm going to pick Matty Lappin, who's probably five yeah. years out of his prime, and I'm going to then... Um, oh, mate, how, no, how he's dare gonna, you? Gonna, gonna, he's going to get into his prime. That's what I'm saying. He's going to get into oh, his prime. Righto. And I'm going to go with lapping it up. <laughs> on the odd chance that he kicks a bag <laughs> Yeah On the yeah. odd chance So like yeah. I get to put it up twice Maybe Yes If I'm lucky Yeah you do, I mean you've got to You've got to bank on who it's going to be Like you don't have a fringe player Do you You don't have one for Matthew Hogg Like hogging the ball Well that's kind of funny though Like if you do have a fringe And then you kind of There's Kuda's famous mark um, But they're like They're a, they're a cult like figure I suppose Yes, absolutely. You know what I've noticed a lot in the crowd as well is a lot of people were getting around in uh, large tracksuit tops back in the day. Mm, mm. Almost like it's like uh, the the leisure suit was very big in the late nineties. They look very flammable. Half these people. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, let's hope they weren't smoking in the ground at the time. Oh yeah, that's a good point. It's actually a bit of a tricky kick this one, and it's a right footer too. But he does. Mate, he's two meters out. Pops it through. I know, but it's a tricky angle. I, I hear what you're saying, but it is the great man Cuda. And so Carlton now have gone out to a seven-point lead. Seven-point so lead. It's Parko. He's trying to get onto Centrelink. Mate, how dare you? And it was no, only a I couple mean, of years it's later. It's a reference of today, Adam. People I are, hear you. Centrelink is crashing. Oh, because he was on the phone. Oh, you fucking idiot. I'm going to cancel oh. these recalls. Mate, if, if people are just listening at home and they don't have access to the internet, like they're... We've got listeners in Burkina Faso. That's not a bad mark, though. Hey, that's about five people trying to get it, and he kind of sneaks in the front. He was the dominant force for a, a couple of years. He was almost like... Because uh, remember, they, they kind of said that he was the new way forward because he came from an athletic background. He was a runner, um, and he was tall and athletic and you know, could play runs. everywhere. He yeah. did do really well, actually. And he, um, I feel like his contract, one of his contracts around about this time was not so much a figure, but a percentage of the salary cap. Do you remember that at all? Ah, oh, no, I, I don't recall that. I feel like that might have been, you know, instead of, you know, 500000 it was like 7% of the salary cap yeah, because okay, it was, yeah, was going to go up, you know? It was going to change. Yeah. It was going to change. Remember how... And then they also requested that uh, 25% of that was paid in a brown paper bag in cash under a table. <laughs> Essendon had quite the team back then, didn't they? Yeah. Like, they really batted quite deep. Because remember, it was only a couple of years later that after, the, I think after they won the grand final the next year, they had to get rid of so many players. Lloyd has just kicked an unbelievable goal. Yep. Uh, they had to get rid of, remember, uh, was it Carousella got sent to Brisbane? Blumfield had to go. 
there was a bunch of players who really turned on Kevin Sheedy because he said, we can't afford you all. Yeah, for sure. Didn't they, I think maybe Smoke and Joe might have retired or something instead of going to another club. Would that be right? Yeah, there was him and um, Mercury as well, mm. I think. Mm. They kind of moved on a little bit early. But they were, that team was a bit of a robot, wasn't it? Like they all kind of looked, the, not looked the same, but also kind of were very strong, thick, quick, yes. hard. Yep. Um, I mean, I remember watching the 2000 season, going to a lot of games, that, that guy's on the phone to Centrelink, um, <laughs> going to 2000 games. Yeah. And I'd never seen a team where they'd get the ball at the halfback flank and you go, it's a goal. It's a goal. Yeah, they're just going to run it forward and kick a goal. Yeah, they were They were an amazing team. And Matthew Lloyd's in the goal square oh, again. Another and one. He's, he's kicked two in, what, 20 seconds? Yeah, it's just come straight out of the middle. So that's what the AFL are trying to get with the 666 is goals like that. And I, they'll show a replay, I'm sure. But if you look at the footage of um, Sauce and the way that he kind of dives for the ball, it made me think, kind of watching it earlier, at his life was all just a game of inches. Like him oh. kind of diving yeah. to stop a ball, him chucking up a fist to kind of punch the yep. ball away, and he either gets it or doesn't. Like the, the, the small distance between him having a great game and a bad game. So here's a shot that you don't see too often. So they've gone to like a sky cam kind of uh, vision. I and it's actually, it's not bad. That would have to be like some kind of blimp or... Uh, yeah, it must have been. Because they didn't have drones back then and they certainly didn't have spider cam. No. That wasn't for a few years. So what have we got? Five points of difference? Yeah, kind of 12 minutes through. to go. Yeah. Yeah. And Sheedy's on the phone, and there's still quite a few people in the coach's box back then, but no one with computers, obviously, back then. So it was pretty much just Sheeds and people around him, what, advising him, would you have thought? I think so, yeah. I think uh, later on in the footage, I think you can find Terry Danaher, and I think you can find Robert Shaw. And I No th- Gary O'Donnell back then? Or was he at Brisbane? He, I think he might have retired at the end of 98, so he may not yeah. have gone to the coaching game straight away. I'm not totally sure. Okay. And I feel like I might have seen Mark Harvey in that background as well, but I'm not totally sure again. Aaron yeah, Hamill right. with a turnover. And a young Dean Solomon. Jeez, that must have been early in his career. Fuck, you for, geez, how easy is it to forget when people started and I know, finished? I know, but even Aaron Hamill, like he's bald now. Yeah. Like he's no, that just, happens to some people, mate. We don't all <laughs> fucking hang on to our hair. No, but like he was like us. this, you know, big hulking chiseled jaw, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. And then fucking check this. Fucking Fletcher is playing and he's like 25, I reckon, if he started in 93. He's 20. Oh, no, he'd be, he'd be 24. 24. Fucking hell. And he's still playing in like fucking, <laughs> what, 2015? Like yeah. 2014? Unbelievable. Like he's not even like a fraction into his career. And you remember back in the day, Glenn Mant, mate, he, he was out there. He was, he was your kooky footballer, wasn't he? Oh, bold. Cause he, yeah, because he had the penis piercing. Yep. They loved that. Everyone he, loved that. He was a big Star Wars fan. Was he? Yeah, he was, yeah, yeah. He was a big Star Wars nerd. Actually, the, the, the original, well, not the original, but the um, Phantom Menace would have come out this year in 99. Oh, right. I remember, I remember going to see Phantom Menace because I was like, oh, yeah, I loved Star Wars as a kid. And I reckon within two minutes, I was sitting there. We went to Crown Casino at one of the midnight screenings. Yeah. And about two minutes in and I went, this is a fucking kids movie. <laughs> they <laughs> tricked I, me. I hated myself for, and I had to sit through it with all these fucking freaks going bananas and people laughing at Jar Jar Binks. And I was like, oh, I want to fucking go on a spree. <laughs> 
It seems like the cinema's the place to do it these days. <laughs> Dean Wallace. Definitely. Oh, you're getting caught again, mate. Oh, you're caught. Stunned by you know Brad and Fraser through. right nearby. Yeah, Dean Wallace would have been going through his head. He goes, oh, fuck, I've lost a bit of money here, but I reckon I could make it back as a coach a few years down the track by putting some bets on my own team in an Essendon tracksuit. Do you reckon they could have punted on the game back in then, back in 99? Uh, yes, you know what? I reckon they could have. Oh, no, hang on. Not legally, but I don't reckon they could have um, traced it as easily as they could now. Yeah, okay. Because now pretty much every um, every transaction is like marked down, isn't it? Well, but, you know, if, if I gave money, if I was playing and I gave money to you, then I don't reckon that could be easily found. Yeah, sure. But if I walked into a tab and paid cash, if they don't catch me on camera and stuff like that, but like if I pay cash, like that's just a normal transaction, isn't it? Yeah, I guess so. But, you know, now there's CCTV and stuff and all that kind of stuff. You know what was interesting just then? What I'm trying to say is I've had quite a few players ask me <laughs> place bets. <laughs> You've been placing money for Jaden Stevenson. <laughs> They just showed, and this uh, is an indication of how uh, little had happened back then, they just showed a rotation. Yes, you're a very good point. Uh, Chris Massey came off and Simon Beaumont went on, and it was like a big deal. They're like, oh, Carlton made a change. It's like now. Imagine doing that. You'd just be like, mate, we don't need to see that shit. No, that's a very good point because also on the coverage, when you look up on the left-hand corner, they'll show the interchange. Like they put up a little graphic saying who's on, who's off. But if they did that today, it'd be like a list of 25 names coming off after a goal. After every goal. Yeah, you wouldn't give a shit. And then they just showed Michael Long getting a... Uh, he's getting some massage on the, on the bench. He's getting a double hammy there. Yeah. Um, have you noticed a bit too, it's very much... It's not like the 80s, 70s style of just kick it long at all times, but it's still very much, you know, let's get a bit of distance into our kicking. There is a little bit of that. Although Essendon are playing possession football as they kind of come out of the back line here. It's not as... It's not scrappy. I reckon the skills are actually pretty good. Yep. And... I don't know if you've noticed it, but it's a finals game, Michael. And I don't know if you can tell, but the pressure, it's gone up a notch. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> I don't know if you've picked that, up on that. That's because they're competing for a spot in the big dance. Oh, that's no, you, you got me there. Imagine that, though, 1999. If you walked up to, you know, Jared Healy and said, geez, you know, the big dance is coming up. He'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Where are we going? I'm, I'm <laughs> waiting for the grand final, you fucking moron. <laughs> I fucking hate that when they appeal for fucking holding the ball. They got one arm on the player and they're appealing. And I go, use that fucking other arm to make sure you get the hold in the ball, dickhead. Well, did you notice that uh, when we had no fans in the in the stands, you could hear players calling ball? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I reckon if you're laying a proper tackle, you shouldn't be able to have one hand in the air. Yeah. It was Camperioli. So very young Scott Camperioli, who actually, like uh, Dustin Fletcher, debuted in a premiership season. Oh, okay. So he no. came. He came to us from South Australia as a seventeen-year-old in '95 and played in that premiership. Wow. It's and it's quite interesting to see a very mobile Dimmer. Lance Whitnell back then. Well, he hasn't had too much of it in this quarter uh, so far, but he does kind of show up a little bit more yes. in the second half of the quarter and um, does ping actually. Well, spoiler. Yeah, a remarkable we'll get goal. to it. We'll get to it. But um. When you look at it, Carlton's forward line is pretty much, he is the forward. That's about it. Like, Fraser Brown's down there. Matty Lappin's down there. There's not a lot of huge forwards down there. Like, um, Scott Lucas is either not playing or he's not on the ground. But it's just Matthew Lloyd as the single sort of mark-up forward as well for Essendon. Yeah, I feel like Scott Lucas may not be playing in this game. Um, yeah. 
But yeah, you look at the Carlton Ford line as well. Like, I mean, that's probably Essendon through, you know, they kind of have to because they don't have him. Yeah. But yeah, you don't have that classic kind of full forward, centre half forward structure. No, it was very strange. And uh, just quickly looking at it, is there one or two field umpires in this? Are we I, still back at two then? I feel like we're at three by now. Really? I feel like we are. Uh, okay. Actually, yeah, I do because I put down some notes. We have three by then, yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, Brian Sheen's one of them and then other people that I can't remember. When do you reckon that came in? Uh, question without notice. Come on, mate. Now, they just showed a shot of the uh, Essendon bench and the interesting thing there is three players have their tracksuit tops on. Again, yeah. you would not even think about, unless you know, you're playing in Ballarat in the middle of fucking winter, yep. but you would not even think about putting on your tracksuit top if you came to the bench nowadays And my, you know you're going to be back out there. And my memory of the day was that it wasn't particularly cold. Uh, probably, what, what are we looking at? Probably like 5.30ish by now, but it, you know, getting down to kind of a chillyish kind of degrees but nothing ridiculous yeah i remember being in puckle street in a t-shirt wow so. that's a good memory <laughs> <laughs> that's a nice well, that's mark. I, probably, I probably went to yogi's to buy a t-shirt ah yogi's fucking love yogi's that's a good mark yeah. by hamill and also um i see dean wallace gives him a little bit of taste of his own medicine because he watched this replay he kind of oh no i happened to fall over him oh i've yeah, just put my I knee over his head knees. yeah fair enough yeah, he, he, made, was, he made him earn it, Adam. He made him earn it. He did make him earn it. Aaron Hamill was a really good player for Carlton, and, the, and he loved the Blues. And the only reason he left, and he's just banged the goal from outside 50, the only reason he left is because John Elliott was a fuckwit to him. And yeah. he just went, oh, I can't do this. And we lost one of the you know heart and souls of the team, mate. Am I right that there was a club function, and Elliott made a quip about Aaron kind of... We're talking and about his contract. some players who wanted more money than they... Yes, yeah. And then when you think what happened two years later, you go, fucking hell, we'd kill for Aaron Hamill. That's right. He went to St Kilda. We got the first round draft pick or something, and I think we picked up Luke Livingston, who was an absolute hack. Fuck him. Um... Oh, good on you, mate. Uh, <laughs> just looking like on the crowd. Uh, fucking John Elliott's fucking Donald Trump, isn't he? Like, just shoots the mouth off. Doesn't care for the truth. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, just kind of, you know... I mean, yeah, you look at all the kind of damage he did. And when you're when he's on your team, you fucking love him. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Like, you know, I'm sure... I wonder if there were people at Carlton... Because I, you know, wasn't across, you know, board level at that stage. Whether people who were at Carlton were just like, fuck, this guy's an embarrassment. Or he just went, this is what Carlton did. Like, I reckon that's why everyone hated us. Yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, they had that... I suppose uh, I suppose it was a confidence or arrogance, I suppose. And yeah. then also maybe kind of people didn't, because they were the silver tails too, they kind yeah. of could buy people. I mean, what's the, I think it's the Sam Pang joke that, that Carlton's zones were, you know, um, you know, Carlton, you know, Frankston, yeah. South Australia and Western Australia. <laughs> <laughs> what are your memories? Did you hate the blues? Like when you were growing up? I think there was a healthy disrespect there. I think it was more Essen was the first team you kind of thought, you know, because we played three grand finals in a row against them. And then okay, we did yep. play two grand finals against you guys. So I think there was yep, like, yep. that was probably the second tier rivalry. Yeah, okay. Um, so this is Lance Whitnell here. He's taken a mark just on 50. He's on the members' side. He'd probably be kicking from about 55 out. And he hasn't done a lot up to this point, hmm. Whitnell. Well, in this quarter at least. He's looking around. He doesn't want to take the shot at goal. Not looking too bad. 
and he just kind of, you know, he's waving to everyone, get down to the goal square. People are leading for him, and he's just going, no, I'm going to ignore it. And I've got to say, when he does go, all right, I'm going to have a crack. How old would he be here, you reckon? Maybe 20? This is a uh, a young Lance Whitnell who has just absolutely fucking banged one of the best goals that. you will ever see. And one of the worst celebrations you will ever see as well. <laughs> but he's not high-fiving. It's good uh, He's not high-fiving. Social he's distancing. The, the, the double finger twirls to the crowd and uh, everyone's up and about. Carlton are two goals up at this stage. That was an incredible goal though, wasn't it? It was really good. Like you, I, from memory, I always thought he was harder against the boundary. He's probably about ten meters in. Yeah, but um, yeah, it was a really, it was a good, good grab, and he didn't want to kick it, but he did. And Hogg has had a good last quarter as well. Yes, he has come on. Matthew well. Hogg. It's so interesting. Yes, it was Matthew yep. Hogg who played the ninety-five Premiership. Interesting again to see the uh, the Northern stands without a roof. You're right. Yeah, no, I saw the shots of them before. Yeah, and um, and the old member stand as well. So I went to the – when were the Olympics in Sydney? 2000. So, 2000. yeah, just a year later, I went to see uh, Spain and Chile play in a soccer game at the MCG. Oh, okay. Yep, one of the qualifiers, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Chelsea um, Clinton was just behind us. We were in the members. Huh. And Chelsea Clinton was like about three rows back, surrounded by all the um, you know FBI dudes. Yep. And it was like, oh, wow, that's Chelsea Clinton. Fantastic. And there was probably about 50,000. And it was one of the best sounding games I've ever heard because all the Chilean fans were in the southern stand and their drumming and stuff was echoing around. It was unbelievable. It was really good fun. Um, uh, Do you think Chelsea had a team? Was she playing neutral? I reckon she was playing neutral. We were going for Spain because I had a mate who uh, was going out with a friend of mine who was from Spain. So we were sporting Spain. Oh, so there's three minutes to go. Can I just say it's intense this now, game? Look at this. It's ve- yeah, it's gone. It's gone up. Could it have gone up another notch? I think it has. <laughs> but you know what? There's not a lot of of ball up after ball up. The, yep. It's very cleanly moving along. There's yep. not a lot of congestion. Dude, watching it, I can't really remember how many ball ups we've had, but it, ca- it can only be four or five, surely. It's not. There's, it just genuinely has not been that many, and the kicks have been long and clean, and it's just. It's actually a really pacey game, and that is a fantastic mark by Alessio. Mm. So what's the difference? It's eight points to the Blues at this stage. Yeah, and I remember I was listening to this on Triple M, and Eddie Maguire was calling it for Triple M back uh-huh. in 99. A young Eddie Maguire, and who knew what he'd go on to do? That's like a Super Bowl catch. Yeah, that's a really good catch, isn't it? And quite interestingly, I just saw Ange Christou on the bench, and I don't reckon I've seen him on the field. Does I he? don't think he's been on the field. Uh, there's a shot of him near the end where he's on the field, but after the celebration. So I actually don't know if he got on the field. He might have been injured, maybe. Oh, that's a good point. Did now, he that is play, in, did he, did he play oh, in the did, 99 Grand Final, do you think? I honestly can't remember much. The only thing I remember about the 99 Grand Final was... How awesome it was. I left just at half time to go to the party that I was going to. I got to change shifts and Camper Reale missed a fairly easy shot that would have kept us in it yep. just before half time. He missed it and it was all over. I remember going to that game and Lance Whitnell got a mark probably in the third quarter and it was kind of yeah, pretty much over by then. And someone in the crowd called out, Go and have a big Mac, Whitnell. And oh, got him. I thought to myself, I really feel like a Big Mac. <laughs> <So> <laughs> after the game, I went and got a Big Mac. <laughs> it got in your head. 
So there's two minutes to go. Um, it's amazing that Carlton haven't tried to. They're two points up. They haven't really tried to kill the clock. I was about they, to again, say they're, they're going to they go long here. Long Look at that. Like that's a fifty-yard kick, and they're not flooding in the modern terms. No, not at all. And that was uh, the kick was picked off. I can't remember that guy's name. And then it goes to Fletcher. So yeah, there's none of that. Um, you know, kick it into the forward line, box it in. Yep. Let's get another. You know, a, a, another. Um, Ball up. Cooter's just taken another mark at halfback. Fucking hell. He has been everywhere. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, did you really maybe only really hear about flooding come about 99, 2000 with the, the Terry Wallace thing when they tried to beat Essendon like that? Rodney Ede brought it in, is that right, with the Swans? Is he kind of a bit of a flooding uh, kind of... I, I, I reckon it fully came into our minds when Footscray beat Essendon in 2000. Was yep. it round 19, round 20? Round about that, undefeated. Yeah. It'll be okay, yeah. mate. It'll be okay. You'll win. You'll be fine. <laughs> mate, don't mock Essendon's like that. <laughs> so the reason that I really didn't like Essendon was because I grew up in the area. Yeah, so for I sure. had to, you know, I had to suffer. 93 was fucking brutal. I was at a mate's place. I had to work at the Pizza Hut on Pascavale Road in Essendon that night. That was a fucking disaster. And you would have had a lot of kids from school who were Essendon Everyone. fans. Everyone. Yeah. All my mates. Yeah. Everyone I played footy with was Essendon. Yeah, you know, It was sure. pretty rare to get someone else. Here we go. So... Oh! So that's McCurry had a shot at goal and has just missed to the left. Put it through for a point. Essendon are now down by a point. 50 seconds to go. Fuck. My oh heart God. rate hasn't lifted, actually. I haven't really cheeky, looked into it. Cheeky throw here. Um, but imagine being at the game and, you know, if you're a supporter and the like, just the, you know, we all, we've all been in that moment where your heart is just outside your chest, hey? Particularly there is nothing, prelim final. There is nothing. There is nothing worse. And back back in the day when you didn't know how long was to go. So that's interesting. He, he just went a long one when he probably could have done a little chip to the boundary that you would have done today, you know? Yeah, so that was Craig Bradley who tried to bang it long. It's been ta- The mark was taken outside 50, so they've pumped it long again and it falls. Dean Rice kicks it out. Here we go. Marked. Take a punt. Take a punt. You're good at it. Says Wallace. Gets oh. brought down by Fraser Brown. Picked up by Justin Murphy who runs away with it, who then kicks it to Brett Ratton. Who takes the mark out on the half forward flank? He tries to settle it down. Justin Murphy keeps running, takes the mark. Dustin Fletcher he tries to milk the fifty, and that's the game. So that was a pretty uh, that was that was fun. Parker's still not happy. See, I think well, I suppose I think they've realised in the S in the box there. So they would have had the coverage into the box, wouldn't they? You reckon so, they would have, uh, yeah. So Justin Murphy's just about to be told to play on. The siren's about to go. He's pulling up his sock like he's going to have a shot. Throws the ball into the air. Carlton are into the grand final. I remember, I remember with about 10 seconds to go, and I reckon it was before Justin Murphy got the mark, because I was listening on the radio, Eddie Maguire saying, Carlton, Carlton's going to go into the grand final. Yeah, wow. Oh, there's so Ange there. So Ange has run off the bench. Yeah. That's very strange, because he was like, you know, one of our first picked and... You know, he's part of the 95 Premiership team, so it's odd that he would spend so much time on the bench. Oh, they're hugging the umpires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's because uh, the umpires would have been wrapped that, you know, uh, Diesel wasn't out there. So, so that was a bit of fun. Yeah, that was cool, man. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll pop this up and uh, and play along. And, um, and also get out there if you want to um, recommend other games. We're more than open to listen to... Uh, suggestions and um it's really just a case of can we find the footage you know yes um yes. so yeah if you do if you do have the link please feel free to send it through if you go oh, i found this game and you know this would be a great one parko's running down to the ground he looks like he's going to choke to death he looked like he was coughing like he'd been in the smoking section or something 
I reckon he's been screaming a lot in the box. So he's probably just getting his breath back. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Because he always famously had that vein pulsing out the side of his head. Dude, I know a guy who did a... He got a bit of mentoring from Paco. And, uh, oh, yeah. And, you know, just about business and life. And he said they'd be in a cafe talking to each other and Parker would get that vein in his head. Like, he was that intense. Really? Yeah, and he was like, dude, calm down. Like, you're going to have a stroke. Yeah, I, I used to do radio with Parker on ABC. He was the loveliest bloke ever. I loved him. Really? What kind of... What kind of uh, radio were Because I did... There was before GWS and... Um, the Gold Coast came in. There was no there was no Twilight Saturday game. So myself and Matt Clinch, the ABC commentator, uh, would do a show called Saturday Night Spin. Uh, and that's we right. would fill in from like six till seven until the coverage picked up. And we'd often have Parker as a guest. And Drew Morfitt was a, a really big fan. And that's why I love Drew. He's just such a good bloke. And it's actually very sad when he died. And look at Richard Osborne here with uh, some kind of VHS cassette core recorder connected to a microphone. Yeah, so he's, he's doing a... Uh, on-field um, interview with Cooter, and he's holding what used to be like what an old mobile phone um, receiver. It's got a big antenna coming out of it so he can talk to Cooter. See, this is the issue. Carlton basically thought they'd won the grand final here. Yes, yes. Uh, it w- I think it would have been very difficult to get them to calm down and focus, but I think they yeah. were shocked that they'd won this. Can I ask a quick question? Going into the... No- oh, go on. I was going to say, if you turn it up loudly here, if you're listening, you can hear me driving past Windy Hill saying, stick that up your asses, you fucking idiots. So that's uh, it's part of the coverage. It's great. Parko's getting around to kind of players one by one. I think he goes over to Matty Lappin here, yeah. Uh, he said, did you see the sign? Lapping it up. That was a great sign. <laughs> <laughs> um, going into the 99 grand final, did you think mm. you were going to win? No, absolutely not. I, I do remember, I think Fraser Brown, from memory had done his shoulder and went through a fitness test and played in the grand final but shouldn't have because um, he was already injured. And it was just sort of like, this was our granny. North were a much better team than us. We got away with one, but we weren't going to do it two weeks in a row. And look at these um, the player race too. Like just the way that you can just shout anything or pour any liquid on the players coming down the For race. quite a long way. There was a, yeah. there was a mesh, the, the fencing above them. But, you know, if you want to piss on them, look at fucking that. go for it. Like, if you know, if you just punched a... Well, fucking think of Terry Danaher walking down the down that race in the 1990 grand final at halftime. Yeah. Yeesh. Yeah, there that we is go. true. That guy loves a bit of some lucky hunt. Well, there you go. Uh, there is our first ever watch-along. We yeah. do hope you've enjoyed it. We are going to hit the road. We are junktimeafflepod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the gram. Don't forget to sign up to our Patreon. We would love that patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod. We'd love for you to subscribe. You know, we're going to be doing this as often as we can. Uh, it's crazy times at the moment. We're trying to provide you with uh, something to listen to and, you know, we'd love your support. We don't want to put stuff behind a paywall, so uh, anything you can give us would be much appreciated. We love doing the show, as we said. Stay indoors if you can. Stay safe, our friends. Yeah, stay clean. Go Blues. Oops.
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.